Welcome to On the Couch with James Field and Ian Harris. Episode number 80 for the 19th of June, 2008. Well, happy birthday, James. Oh, happy 80th. Indeed. It was my, my grand's 88th birthday this week. Wow. But it's our 80th birthday. So she's got couch. a real Zimmer frame. <laughs> we don't have and one. And I'm sure she listens to the uh, podcast. She's on her last legs and we're going strong. That's the difference, <laughs> as they say. Well, we're pumping them out. It's number 80 mm. and uh, on the Brilliant. couch where we talk about broadcast and entertainment technology news. Indeed. And there is a raft of it today. Oh, and know, we've got like business news, news, technology news, content delivery, mobile, gaming, and then weird stuff. <laughs> Which is... So, Sometimes my personal I'm favorite sh- segment. Yeah, the weird stuff is a bit weird. But, um, so, business news, a um, couple of things kind of in the sector that uh, we're, we're focusing on here is Microsoft has acquired Navic Networks for addressable advertising. And this is a big thing at the moment. Um, mm. Address or advertising, I guess, because the, the Yahoo thing fell out. Microsoft isn't well known for advertising. I think it bought, no. um, it's doing some in-game stuff. Yep. It's bought Atlas. Um and now it's bought Navic, who is looking to do, uh, I guess, more kind of TV-based and set-top box stuff. There's this Canoe project, yeah. which is um, trying to standardize advertising in the US for local availability and insertion and all this kind uh-huh. of stuff. And I think Navic sort of slots into that. They're working um, with Time Warner, Cox, and Charter. Lots of stuff there. So Microsoft, insidiously, if they can't get in through Media Room, they'll get in in another way. They'll um, just buy everybody. So last year they bought Aquantive as well for $6 billion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atlas Systems for Online Advertising. Um, so they're, they're actually building up through acquisition more than anything else, aren't they? Yeah, but I, I guess they must do... I mean, who does the um, um, the stuff for um, MSN Live Search? Is that Google? Is it in the advertising? Yeah, the? because, I mean, a huge no, number must, of people, you know, the shop, people who are the internet sort of poor, I suppose, who just <laughs> fire up Internet Explorer get MSN and get default. MSN Search. Yeah. Is that those search results? I must be, I don't use MSN search, um, as I don't you do well, either. What but it's probably Google AdSense. They probably take money from Google as well, I suppose, because they don't have much choice. Oh, um, I reckon it's all Microsoft. They must be surely on their own Pointing it in there. Absolutely. Well, on, on IE, as you know, if you type in uh, an erroneous address, it comes up with search for you. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, why not? Because it can. Yeah, but then um, who's using that? More news on that later on, of course. Indeed, and um, uh, just a little note on Microsoft Media Room, uh-huh. which uh, is their IPTV service, is what they're calling it now. They reckon they've got two million television sets worldwide, up from one million subscribers in the first quarter of two thousand and eight. No, that's got to be wrong. Where are they? Be first quarter of two thousand and seven. So two million two million homes. That's that's a fair whack. I mean, that's that's uh, Verizon. In uh, the BT US. Vision, BT Vision, blue, blue something in, in, in France, Switzerland or something. There's one in France as well. Oh yeah, Nerf or something. There's quite a big three box. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's probably no, one of the large ones. Yeah. It's not, um, too, them, not too shabby. Not too shabby. Yeah, but they're not giving an operator breakdown or indeed telling if anyone's happy. <laughs> if anyone's actually using it. Okay, um, sure. We'll see more about that now. Um, 
MHP, Multimedia Home Platform, which was the Digital Video Broadcast Group, or DVB, set up a standard for, for middleware and set-top boxes. Which is fundamentally a Java-based API for doing television stuff. Yeah, Sun's in there, and they spent years getting this out. So so it took so long that the UK years, yeah. digital terrestrial market had to launch with something else, the MHEG stuff. MHEG, yep. Um, and unsurprisingly, hasn't been particularly widely adopted. Uh, I think Korea uses MHP. Terrestrial does, in Italy yes. uses it. Right. Um, the True Two Way or Open Cable, True Two Way is a new name. They've um, based on it, isn't it? Yeah, they, uh, they've gone for Gem. I think the Global Execution Machine or something, which right. is a superset of MHP. They've kind of cut. It's. I mean, typically in the standards domain. If it's European, the Americans need to tweak it, and if it's American, the Europeans <laughs> need to tweak it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, this is this is how it works. So, there is a bit of cross fertilization there. But MHP has who, who via licensing, who's owned by Dolby, I think, who does a lot of independent right. licensing for some intellectual property, has announced um, last week that they're dropping the fees for MHP. Because um, again, because it's open standard, broadcast, open standard does not equal free. That's the other. A lot of people make the assumption that oh, it's open. Yeah, I always assume that, it uh, must be free. that MPEG, was, uh, MPEG was actually free, but it's not either. It's no, there's encumbered yeah, and I think the license fees have dropped because of the millions and millions. But yeah, open does not equal free. So um, now they're saying it's free for free-to-air broadcasters. Yes, yeah, um, which is I guess critical because a lot of free-to-air broadcasters have been choosing MPEG. Because it is freer? Uh, well, it's cheaper than this. Cheaper well, than it's, that. it's not cheaper than free, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but also, it's not free because then it, the license may be free. You then still have to buy it from someone. True. You have to buy an implementation. You have to buy an implementation. So, MHEG is free, I believe, but you can buy it for 50 cents. Right. Whereas MHP used to be $1.75. Yeah. Well, it used to be, yeah, I guess, but for free to where it's now and not. But then you have to license it from someone. So Right. It's still it, it's it's better, but it's still um, a challenge. I mean, I, I would guess you know, someone has to pay these fees as well. I mean, we hear about this is why set-top boxes are pulled off trade shows at EFA and others because these guys are not paying the MPEG license fees. Right. I mean, and so they're taken away because they're illegally distributed. Yeah. I mean, the problem with MHP, I think, fundamentally, was that the standard was so. I mean, they tried to solve the whole problem. It was very inclusive. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> a nice way of saying it was a big piece of stuff. And software. also, the time it came out, you, the boxes just didn't have the grunt or the yeah. memory was too yeah, expensive. Exactly. So, so maybe you actually run those things, know, the boxes end up being uh, just way, expen- way too expensive to actually even launch. And also, I mean, it's similar in a way to Java, that the promise of write once, run anywhere doesn't really work, or you dumb the application down so much that... It's so bad everywhere that <laughs> no one wants to use it. It does yeah. work in, in some devices in some areas, but uh, not, not something for everyone. So that's that. Um technology news um, with my green hat on I mm-hmm. um, found that a new a new kind of computer company aiming to as they, they've said here Cherry Pal out sweetens Apple um, che- I mean Cherry Pal who came up with a name like that it's rubbish isn't <laughs> I it? actually went to their website and yeah. it's a, a couple of minutes worth of uh, a- advertising basically saying uh, you know demanding freedom from windows freedom from apple freedom from power and uh so it's a essentially this is a it's i guess there's no fan in the box it's like a little router isn't it It looks like a little router it's got a vga connection on the back ethernet um a couple of usb 
ports. It runs on a Freescale, I think, 400 megahertz processor or something, yep, running so a D- Debian distribution, is that right? Something yeah, so it's a Linux, it's a Linux PC, essentially, mm. but it's meant to be very cheap and use up... I mean, it uses 2 watts, yeah. which, given that the, uh, the requirements in the UK have... Uh, you know, they're trying to get set-top boxes down to be using one watt during standby. Yeah, two watts is pretty... Two watts during use is quite amazing. Four gigs of flash, 256 megabytes of main memory, and and it says, oh, it's really fast. <laughs> no, no, really, it's good enough, says it's the good CEO. good enough for something. <laughs> Open office, maybe. You know, that's the... Uh, well, if it, runs, if it runs a web browser, then... Yeah. I mean, this is the whole thing. This whole area is opening up now. This, this They're calling it uh, these netbooks, you know, like the yep. EPC. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that uh, at the end of the day, most people use their PCs for surfing the net. Everything's you know, stored on a server somewhere these days. Yep. All my emails on Gmail, mm-hmm. for example. Um, and with decent know. web-based technologies, which we'll... Uh talk about next I guess we've got um, like Sprout Core I don't know if you you'd come across Sprout Sprout Core Sprout Core Um, Sprout Core was announced and apparently was the sleeper hit of the Apple Worldwide Developer Conference where Apple has basically bought the company (laughs) I think um, and have now said, yeah, you know, Sprout Core, that's good. We should be using a bit of Sprout Core. Um, it's a JavaScript <laughs> framework which allows Web right. 2.0 apps to run. So you can run a browser, a photo editor, right. all these kinds of things via a web-based interface. No plugins, no nothing. Cool. Um, all JavaScript, lightweight. And they've it's called Sprout Core and the new Apple Mobile Me service, which is replacing the .Mac yeah, yeah. service where you can do is your that email. A that's a Sprout Core ah, service. Ah, right. So, that actually looked pretty neat. Um, the actual videos showing what they were doing on... Yeah. It, it looked like a, an application. And in fact, the demos on the Sprout Core website look remarkably similar to, oh, right. <laughs> uh, uh, to the applications. And, and so, again, as you said, with a little Cherry Pal or tablet PC or just minimal PC with a browser... Yeah, supports these kind of, of you can do most users will be very happy with that I mean yeah. I know I mean my parents they use Hotmail because that's what they're used to and they won't yeah. use an, a separate email client because they can't they get confused with the icon it doesn't say Hotmail <laughs> so it's like but that's something else I don't want to use that I want to yeah. use Hotmail yeah. and you know religiously delete everything in the inbox and all this yeah. kind of stuff sorry <laughs> right. mum if you're listening um, <laughs> but uh, you know the people get into habits and that's how a lot of people you know, people don't change we're all uh, pretty you know not all of us change things and do lots of wacky things all the time so that's Sprout Core take a look at it I do think that's interesting how we're seeing kind of two uh, kind of breakaway trends here one trend where uh, you know you're seeing gaming PCs Mm. and uh, which AMD released a few chips this week niche niche uh, high end and you know amazing cinema you know cinema like experience in games and Mm -hmm. you know the Xbox 360 and the PS3 you know very high powered processors high energy you know amazing Mm. effects and then down the other end you're seeing People really just want to surf the web on good low enough. powered. It's yeah, good, good enough, enough and great kind of thing, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly, and it's cheap enough and good enough yeah. that why not? You know, and that's that's where the success of those devices mm. is being. Also, actually, on the technology stuff, um, Apple pitched in and a number of others into the Kronos Group, which does uh, oh, OpenGL right. yeah, yeah, and other yeah. things like that, with OpenCL, which I believe is. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong listeners, uh, open computing language, which is aiming to run general purpose code on GPUs. On and GPUs. On GPUs. So wow, there'll be a way that cool. you can just harness GPUs in an open... And I think the announcement was quite funny because it said, oh, Apple's in there, all these other guys are in there, but not Microsoft. And then the next day, Microsoft joins Kronos Group. <laughs> 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 I thought that was uh, That's fantastic. quite funny. Um, that's amazing, though, because so, uh, the, we, we those GPUs about, are amazingly powerful They're things. screamingly fast. So that's why they're saying, you know, anything with a, which can run 
uh, OpenGL and you know mm. the old iPhone waving around for mm-hmm. the people listening <laughs> um, that runs OpenGL so Does if you can use the graphics hardware acceleration to run general purpose computing tasks wow. you know supercomputer in the palm of your hand blah 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 blah. because uh, one of the new graphics uh, cards that come out has a teraflop of processing power I mean it doesn't do very many things but of the certain things you it can does make a do, lot of triangles <laughs> that's right very very fast yeah. so that's a, I mean that's an astonishing amount of computing power given that you know 10 years ago if we had a supercomputer that had one teraflop it was like wow that's an amazing yeah. thing now it's like in your desktop well that's I mean I'll talk about my Metal Gear Solid stuff but I mean just looking at these PlayStation games where while you're loading there's a guy smoking and this just, <laughs> just and you can't you know you just it looks like smoke. I mean, but someone has, right. and that's not a video. No, that's, it's all being generated. That's interpreted code. Lots I of mean, triangles. Um, very little ones. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Sprites, I think they're. Um, okay, okay. Uh, enough technology. What about content? What's going on yeah, there? Yeah, let's, let's move on to content. Uh, well, we're, thanks to uh, a concerted campaign from On the Couch and its listeners, uh, Microsoft has done a 180 degree turnaround on its uh, MSN Music DRM fiasco where uh, they, they were basically you had to move all your stuff from the old plays was it plays for no, sure no, it's all or real? like August 31 any computers you had that was registered uh, you could still play the music but no new computers would oh, be you able to play you couldn't move it. devices could you couldn't yeah, move yeah. devices it's all over so, so they've extended uh, that until 2011 so thanks Microsoft for listening appreciate that and uh, I mean I guess there was a lot of pressure on them that uh, people had bought this music and... Well, and uh, I think pressure, you think like class action lawsuits probably <laughs> does the, uh, you know... I don't know, was it class action? the internet allows people to cluster know. together and just, you know, Actually say, look, you do this, yeah. we will uh, we will sue you for a lot more than the uh, the cost of the music we bought. So. Yep. So that's, uh, so that's from that. Microsoft. Uh, we've got a WiMAX launch from Sprint, finally. So they're actually launching in uh, sunny Baltimore. As we try and work out the order of our notes here. <laughs> in September. It's like, whoa, this has gone... Okay, yeah, I'm there. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's launching Chicago and Washington as well and uh, having a bunch of commercial networks by the end of 2008. But I think what was interesting from the CEO, uh, Dan Hesse, is that his name? Hess, I don't know. Hess, like yeah. yep. Uh, he's, uh, his emphasis is on having no walled gardens and the... Uh, the reference there is to the old kind of WAP and um, you know mobile phone portals oh, yeah, of, yeah. of old. Uh, well, of course, that, I mean, hello, where's he been? <laughs> I mean, but I guess it's like he, uh, he's there facilitating over the top services, right? The delivery of third party services over the top here. Um, but I'm sure there'll be some small print saying, "Oh, but yeah, but you can't compete with us or <coughs> live streaming video." Skyfall, no, yeah. I mean they they don't really know how people are going to be using it, so. Um, but I mean, it does. It does. Um, I mean, WiMAX does open up a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. for really truly portable devices to mm-hmm. have like high bandwidth connections and be, you know, you could be driving along watching videos. Well, I think this is one of the challenges videos. they've had because their CDMA service has been so widely adopted that they're running out of bandwidth. I went to a conference last yeah. year and the guy was saying that you know they need to do something because they're getting so much penetration of the services that their right. the fire rates. I mean, you've got your 3G girl Skype phone thing, something. Um, you know, <laughs> it, it's fine because you're the only user in yep. the cell, so you can yep. watch TV. But if everyone else does it, you know, it's, it's, all it's all over. So I think that's the problem with the data services. They need to go to the uh, 4G. And we talked about the, um, was it LTE is the other competitor maybe for WiMAX. That's right. Um, yep. 
but so they're, they're going ahead with this um, WiMAX I know we've talked about it's got some problems in some places because it's the frequencies it uses is a couple of choices of bands but it could conflict with yeah. old C-band satellite signals and I think they'll work that out which and is still uh, around um, it's all about coordination isn't it um, and eventually 4G services will be you know I always wonder though you know that the mobile phone network three, like once you have four G services, are they going to rebrand? It's it's from a network infrastructure perspective. It's not from a user perspective. You're not going to be. I guess well, users it's don't more, really care. Do they? You need to provision yeah. an aggregate number of megabits to yeah. a number of users, yeah. and as people start using more rich media apps, you're going to need more megabits, and that's the problem they've got because you reach saturation, and it's almost like the more successful you are, your quality mm. of service goes down, yeah. which is a. Is a bizarre Difficult kind of problem to be. I mean, that's a, the advantage of satellite broadcast, I guess, by comparison yeah. to delivering over a, a more IP-based. Well, it, it's method. it's ultimately scalable, infinitely scalable with a broadcast medium. Whereas yeah. if it's point to point, you end up. And I remember years ago, some guy saying, um, you know, they can't choose really good VOD content because if they did, everyone would want to watch it and it would bring <laughs> the system down. So it's a kind of so two edged sword. Well, it's a two edged sword because we always say we need to have really good content, get early release windows for great content, but not too good. Right. Um, so <laughs> I'm sure that's not the only reason, but um, you know, you don't want to have something which is so. It's like if you had an amazing product and it sells out on day one. Yeah, it's no and, like we fit. You know, yeah, it's all I think the um the example of the iPhone though where mm. there's so much iPhone usage that uh web usage on mobile devices had gone from pretty much close to zero to like ninety three percent on people that have these sort of devices. So Yeah, because it's like it is the web in the palm of your hand. <laughs> <laughs> I own Apple stock, I must warn you at this <laughs> Um not very much, but anyway. Uh okay, YouTube. Uh I'd heard some stuff about YouTube that um, the, the YouTube said they still hadn't worked out how to make money from YouTube. Google said they haven't got yeah. any money. But now yeah, and then, uh, I mean, well, the next, the, the latest idea is to, to actually introduce long-form content. Like TV ads. Uh, yeah, well, I guess they have, must have ads in it, but instead of it, they're breaking the 10-minute limit and uh, allowing people to upload up to one gigabyte worth of Mm-hmm. Content, but only for content partners. So presumably they're going to get some quality content on there and uh, allow it to be longer. But I mean, the whole point of that's the whole point of YouTube is short little clips that you can snack on. The video quality isn't very good, but it doesn't have to be very good for a short period. So this is to be a partner. What do you do? You have to be a. You have to pay money, presumably. Uh, well, I mean, they do have video partners. I mean, essentially, a lot of people use YouTube as a sort of viral advertising means, you know, like... Yeah, to drive people to real stuff. I mean, I know my um, so my nieces and stuff, they watch TV on YouTube. They, if they want to watch, you know, My Little Pony or something, they just go and... <laughs> really? YouTube, My Little Pony, and there's like 25... Five I mean, it's pretty low quality, but mm. um, they get more than 10 minutes, I'm sure. No, Ready. It's, all, it's all limited to 10 minutes. I mean, maybe. I mean, I actually did see for a while it was. I have to ask them. They obviously know how to watch movies there, but broken up into 10 minutes slots. Okay, next. (laughs) Next. Then you watch the next 10 minutes. But who knows? I mean, maybe they. I guess uh, there's that pressure for them to make money from YouTube, so they've got to try everything. They paid a lot of money for it, so. They did, exactly. And, you know. Do something with it. Mmm. Um. So let's see. Mobile. Um, Mmm. Well, <laughs> the Fujitsu. Look at the show notes. F706i, please have a look at the link. <laughs> when I picked this off the photocopy, I was slightly embarrassed to find a photo of two ladies in swimming costumes in a swimming pool holding their mobile phones. 
Um, and <laughs> this is photos of themselves. Yeah, and Fujitsu has launched only in Japan. This is a new website I found, which looks pretty cool. Actually, AkibaraNews.com dot mm-hmm. um, where there's a Fujitsu F seven hundred six I, which is. I guess it's like Korea and Japan get all the the cool stuff maybe before us, and mm-hmm. this this phone has got is like it's got a TV tuner, two megapixel camera with image stabilizer, <laughs> full web browser, um, two SIM cards, three uh, G electronic wallet, full web browser, HSDs, PA, you name it, and it's waterproof, <laughs> which is always what you need when you're in the pool. Yeah. Um, but I have always... I mean, I've noticed when I was most recently in Tokyo... Looks pretty ugly, my dude. Yeah, all the phones are very big because all the yeah. screens are big. Yeah. Uh, all the phones tend to be quite big. I mean, it's mm. fairly chunky. Yeah, it's a kind of flip phone, but once it's open, it's kind of... I don't know, it looks like about a foot long. They had some other pictures <laughs> where you could use it. I mean, it looks, yeah, similar size to iPhone. And I know the iPhone hasn't had much... Um, traction in Japan there was something like well, 9, 9% of people yeah, were interested in 2G now it's 3G because I, I guess there's hardly any GSM in Japan anyway I'd imagine there's none absolutely right. zero which so, is okay. when I went there my hence phone no, didn't hence work no like, interest <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a surprise over. so um, there we go that's the way to launch an ugly phone put it in <laughs> <That's> <laughs> make, right. it, make it waterproof so you can get the models in the swimming pool <laughs> works for me um, what so, else is uh, happening Nokia yeah um this is, I mean, we talked some episodes ago about Ovi, <clears throat> the Nokia mm-hmm. kind of iTunes beta, um, and not beta, as you would say. It's a B They've also launched a um, a new online store, haven't they? What's all that about? Mm, uh, well, yeah, it says the PC download store was supposed to be the desktop equivalent of the download application pre-installed on every S60 phone from Nokia. I mean, I'm confused already, but I guess we're not we're not Nokia phone users, so we're not really <laughs> familiar with the terminology. I mean, Nokia are trying many different ways to crack that, uh, uh, trying to step into the the gap between just being a hardware manufacturer and actually providing some add-on services well, as well. They need well. to do value add because I guess you've got people like Apple doing them, and, and entrants can come in and mm. offer a cool phone. We've got mm. Android coming up as well. I guess they've got interest in the Symbian OS as well, so they've got interest in yep. software. Yep. Um, I mean, so they've got the N-Gage service for games. You've got OV for music and maps. And the PC download service is meant to be... Mm, for other stuff. Everything, I guess. Yeah. Uh, with the idea that you manipulate all the stuff on your PC first and then mm. download it onto your... I think the, the other challenge here, in reality, is that in most GSM markets there are unlimited data plans don't exist so all these things rely on you downloading from your phone yeah, exactly. which you're not only paying for the content you're paying to have it delivered as well exactly and so it ends up cost. being very expensive yeah. and I know I'm you know wary about using data on phones because unless you have an unlimited plan yeah 12 pounds a gig doesn't yeah, take suddenly, much suddenly you know that little uh, funny clip on that. YouTube gets to be quite pricey <laughs> you know yeah. Google doesn't make any money but uh, your telephone provider certainly does so, uh, yeah, I mean, I've heard many different rumors about Nokia trying to breach that gap by actually uh, buying content, for example, from Disney to be able to provide their own services and, and actually... Well, how do they give it to you for free? Well, that's the thing. It's like... They and we the talked earlier about the walled garden. The operator wants to have a walled garden where well, you yeah. get free access to some stuff, but very soon, interesting stuff, pay. Yeah, you know, that's exactly. The, uh, that's quite a challenge. Um, you've put your PSP on eBay, you said earlier on, and you've brought have, back yep. a stack of games that I didn't know I'd lent you um, <laughs> did you put on eBay with all the games and stuff uh, put a few games on there 
latest film like a record and so on so check out ebay (laughs) um but uh yeah i think it was time because i just i just never used it and you know what every time and i do go quite regularly Mm. to the gaming shops to see what's happening and keep an eye on games you fancy and i i my general comment about the psp is if you like football games yeah one form or another or driving games of one form or another PSP is your thing. I mean, yeah, there's like a yeah. hundred different driving games and a hundred different football games. Right. But there's almost nothing of anything else. Mm. I must I mean, be the only time I turn on is to upgrade the firmware. <laughs> see if anything interesting <laughs> has happened. Um, so there's, a, and there's been a firmware update. Yeah, and, what, what uh, well, there's do? going to be one. I don't think it's out yet. Uh-huh. But they're going to include an integrated Google search. So there'll be a splash page with Google. It's got a browser in it. Yeah, I guess it's just a splash page for Google search, I guess. You know, Ooh, okay. it's, um, Neat. Uh, but you obviously have to go online to actually do the searching. Right. But there'll be I a, mean, a I mean, launch You can point. actually download uh, games now, and there's a selection of games where you can actually download PSP games onto the PSP and, and use it like that. I mean, it's got Wi-Fi. It's, mm-hmm. it's a great platform. I'm just really disappointed in Sony that it hadn't actually, you know... There's no killer games on there, really. It. Yeah, it, need, needs, it needs great games, mm-hmm. and it needs to make use of that you know, Wi-Fi platform. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's connected to the web. You could do so much with that. But there are no. online. I did have an online racing game experience where I think I told you where I uh, went online <laughs> with the racing game, and everyone was driving Ferraris and I'm driving a, oh, a Fiat right. Cinquecento or something, and it's <laughs> like I have no up. hope here at all. But uh, it was yeah. I, I guess that's that's that angle. Um, PlayStation Three mm-hmm. um, in North America now you can get a Rumble controller, the the mm-hmm. six mm-hmm. axis Rumble thingy. Yep can't get that yet in Europe um, unless you're going to specialist sites um, there was a rumour that Sony's going to come out with a new controller Wii style with a break apart controller okay so um, the two pieces where you could just and I saw right, some, another company doing controller this you have, you have both hands hold it with both hands yeah it's just you? a classic um, gaming controller thing gaming controller shape <laughs> yes I don't know if there's a special <laughs> so bat, it's like the bat wing batarang kind of thing oh, where right, you, you so hold you're going to pull it apart no, it won't be like that. This will be a stick, so like a regular remote, more oh, like a Wiimote, oh, like but you can snap right. it in half and then you've got two bits, so you have your nunchuck right. and whatever. Um, okay, that's cool. the But I don't know whether it's true or rumour, but basically saying <coughs> you'd have a two-piece. And we did, I think we talked about another controller that could do this as well, where you'd mm-hmm. have the two pieces. And um, I guess they should do more with the six-axis because it seems a bit add-on. There's it's the occasional level in a game where you've got to kind of wiggle it around a bit or something. All right, cause it's got an accelerometer in it. Yeah, it? well six axes I suppose so you've got you know all different directions so you can some games you can you can use that right. um, what's this thing about casual gaming helps you kick bad habits well a survey done by uh, <laughs> a website that provides casual games uh huh so it's not biased at all uh, so of the two and a half thousand survey respondents who are watching their weight 59% agree that playing casual games provides them a positive distraction from snacking or overeating Forty-two percent say it, uh, it's a distraction from smoking, and twenty-eight percent said, uh, "Pass me a cake." <laughs> said, <laughs> "Said I'll have a, another biscuit, please." <laughs> um, Biscuits were given and free casual drinks. <laughs> at this, I mean, uh, so I mean, I mean, we've seen the rise this of casual like games stealth over the last marketing years. for We Fit, really, isn't it? <laughs> um, but they're saying they're saying now that casual games will save you from cancer and save you from obesity. Uh, because it gives you something else to do other than smoke or eat. Or, well, I guess then casual games, you're not going to go and kill your neighbour for being getting <laughs> hooked on violence or whatever. <laughs> if right. that happens. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting that, um, mm. yes, casual gaming, saving the world. <laughs> I've, um, on the gaming front, I've uh, now had a few hours playing my Metal Gear Solid 4, which oh, is how's quite... It going? It's, uh, 
it's interesting actually but it's the a graphics bit, are they, they graphics are pretty good um and they've really sorry just just for listeners interpretation <clears throat> when james says they're pretty good it probably means they're really awesome <laughs> well, i said earlier on about the like the guy smoking <laughs> solid snake or something and he's smoking and there's like smoke everywhere and uh-huh. they, i mean they are they're pretty good but the way they've made the the way the game works is there's lots and lots of cut scenes because it's quite uh-huh. a and I've heard there are ni- 90 minutes of cut scenes I think there must be probably more than that because Jeez. and every now and again you can actually interact with the cut scenes change angles or right. press buttons and look at flashbacks and alternate wow, okay. views and stuff but basically you, you do a, and they're quite short levels where basically you're sneaking around or shooting loads of people or whatever right and then you seamlessly kind of go into a cut scene there's like a uh-huh. fade to black and then you're in a cut scene and he runs forward and does the next bit and it, and it can take five minutes while wow. you're watching and then it's so, an engaging story though yeah it like, is it's like it's yeah. seamless and it goes along yeah. but it, they're trying to give a lot of background on okay. the character where it's right. come from and I'm not that familiar with it but um it is, it is quite good. Blu-ray storage capacity coming to yeah. it, into its own really I mean there's 50 gigs there to but I, I finished the first kind of level mm-hmm. and then there was another five minute install <laughs> so it clearly has to put a lot of stuff wow. obviously the read, reading off the blu-ray disc isn't fast enough for right, some of the, okay. the data right. um, but I believe it isn't mo- it, they're not movies it is um, it's actually rendered scenes it's rendered meta language stuff wow. so and it is uh, it's quite good and it's still I guess things like solidity and so the physics isn't the best mm-hmm. um, you can't shoot through things and you can't um, you know, I guess walking on the floor I'd like seeing footprints would be you know, impressions mm, if you get mm. down and zoom in but uh, it's it's good I haven't I haven't played a game for a while so it's quite uh, good fun engaging yeah I'd uh, I'd recommend Metal Gear Solid <laughs> excellent um, see how long it uh, wacky things maintains your interest yeah wacky things now you had this link to this thing called Ream R-E-E-M yeah and this is or Pal, Pal Robotics uh, which is a company in Dubai of all places mm. um, has they claim to be uh, the best, the world's best humanoid robot in some kind and, of capacity. And I did actually sit and watch all the videos this morning, and it is amazing. <laughs> like <laughs> seriously, like I mean, it it walks at one point five kilometers an hour, which doesn't sound like very much, yeah, but, but I for mean, an actual walking robot, it is. Yeah, and it's got the hands look pretty good, and it follows your face around. Um, yeah, and it, you know, you did can it speak and stuff? Turn around, and I mean, I didn't hear it speak, but. I mean, I they're working on a software upgrade to get it to walk up, walk upstairs. Apparently, right? Because it, it seemed to walk fairly. It looked well. very fluid, and yeah. you could see it sit down on a chair and get up and, again, and get up again. But Ooh. I mean, the, when it was sitting down, it it leant forward, you know, to obviously balance its weight as it yeah. sat down, and you know, it looked. James mimics yeah. the action <laughs> exactly. Like um, no, so it but did it look very fluid, like an, you know, but you never quite know if there's a guy with the remote control again, at the back. But then balancing, you couldn't do that on the remote, could you? But it, it did look, yeah, it did look surprisingly good. And apparently, it's got like a two-hour runtime. It's got the longest ability, autonomous ability, and it can lift up to twenty-five percent of its own weight or something. So it can wow. bring you beers. Fantastic! Um, Go to the fridge, robot. <laughs> get, That's get why beers. I want a robot companion like that. It's what fantastic. beer, robot? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, uh, have a look at it. It's, the, it's in the show notes. Take yeah, a look. Power Robots, tell us what you think. Uh, it certainly looks better than Sony's... I mean, the Honda... I can't remember the Honda Asimo. They have Honda yeah. Asimo, which is a yeah. monstrous kind of... Uh, it looks proper humanoid robot. And uh, all in props cool. to the guys in Dubai if they've managed to uh, pull this one out of the desert. Or whatever <laughs> they do. Fantastic. I'm... Uh, I mean, there's one of those. Ways. It's a nice website, but uh, no prices, no anything. You'll probably never be able to buy. <laughs> but it's, it's probably <laughs> but a spin-off uh, from a university. I don't quite know hmm. what it what it's for. It's not like the Japanese approach, where it's you know have a robot friend or something for the elderly. 
Um, the Japanese do like their robots, don't they? It's like well, there's a big <coughs> excuse me, a big focus on I think on as the population ages, they want to make sure people have got company, so they right. get company robots, as in not company <laughs> robots, but yeah. robots yeah, for yeah, company, yeah. not um, not the fembots or whatever. But um, anyway, uh, enough of this robotic talk. Um, if you've got any comments or observations or hot news stories, do please send them to us at feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. Yes, and uh, we look forward to your feedback and letting you know what's going on in the world of technology and entertainment in episode 81. We look forward to seeing you then. Goodbye from me, James. And goodbye from Ian. Cheers. Bye. Bye.